And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100% and on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John McCarthy. Hey guys, you're here with Josh Thompson, Big John McCarthy, Podcast Dave. Another episode of Weighing In, and uh, we're going to weigh in on a couple of things that came up this uh, this week while we've been kind of gone, like you were living where you live and I'm living where I live and it's getting hot on this side of the, uh, the country. Uh, how is it for you? It's getting warm. The humidity is rising. Yeah. And if you are not used to, it's like you being on the West coast in California, you don't even have a clue what humidity is. Yeah. I don't want this to. will educate you fast. <laughs> it's horrible. It's I, I was in uh, Raleigh, North Carolina in August for some, uh, some stuff that we, we were doing with the troops. I got out of the car and in this was like when the dry fit shirts had first come out and all the people in the Marines and the army were all wearing them at the event we were at. And I get out of the car wearing a, like a cotton shirt. It was me. Regular cotton shirt. Yeah. And within 10 minutes I was soaked all the way through it. And you know, and I never really sweat a whole lot, but I mean, I I think we had DC, we had Kane with us, Swick was with us and everyone was just complaining. It was, they were soaked. Everybody was soaked within five, 10 minutes. See, it's all about a mentality. All you got to, here's your mentality. You know, if you go outside and you're going to do something, prepare to sweat. You're going to, you're going to start pouring. <laughs> it's yeah. just part of it. And then hey, jump in the water, take a shower or whatever. But yeah. yeah, it's a, it's rising. You can feel it. It's like all of a sudden one day, boom, it's like, oh, there it is. Oh man. Uh, there was something that I said I want, that I specifically wanted to talk to you about the other day when I was talking to you on the phone. <sighs> Jeez, man. God, maybe it'll come to me. I can't remember. I doubt it. No, probably not. CTE's <laughs> CTE's a got, motherfucker. Yeah, it's man. got me. It's got me. She's a bitch. <laughs> it's what? It's, hey, what? What about our boy Chael? Come on. <laughs> uh, did you see his thing with John Jones? Oh man, he's been digging for a lot of people lately. I actually felt sorry for John. No. Not that he didn't deserve it. He definitely deserved it. But if, you know, it's okay, they, they did fight when, you know, they were both competing and stuff and Chael got the light heavyweight title shot and actually would have oh. walked away with the title. Yes. Had he if got it wasn't stopped because the, the toe is coming off, but it would have been bad. It's not the way to win the title, but there's no doubt. John Jones is, is the better mixed martial artist. And when they, if they fight, if they didn't, you know, when they fought all that stuff. Yeah. John, John's going to win. When it comes to a war of words, John Jones is an elementary school child compared to Chael. He is outgunned. It's like, dude, yeah. take your toys and walk away because you are going to get fucked up by that guy. Chael just started just laying into him, tweet after tweet. After, and I'm like, oh, God, it's getting ugly. And it, it was actually, it was not only getting ugly, it was getting good because some of them were funny. But, John, don't mess with Chael when it comes to words, dude. Don't do it. You're going to lose. <laughs> Dave, do you have any of that so we can see kind of what he's talking about? Oh, I just know, I know he I know he took some digs at Tito because Tito said he, he wanted to challenge Mike Tyson because Mike Tyson's ready to oh, fight. And then he, come on. And then Chael puts on because Tito said something about legend versus legend, the boxing legend versus the MMA legend. <laughs> And it just turned into this uh, with Chael. He just started la- like this huge ha 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 ha. He was just laughing out loud. It was just hilarious how he put it. But 
Oh man. I mean, I, right, the first time I'm telling here, here's a little story for you with Tito and Mike. The first time I ever met Mike Tyson was at a UFC and Tito was fighting. And I think he was fighting Vladdy Matyashenko. Yeah. And it was like UFC 33 or something. First one in Vegas. Mm-hmm. And Mike Tyson is in the back and he's in Tito's dressing room. And Tito's warming up and, and I walk in and Mike, I go, damn, that's Mike Tyson, right? It's about what you do when you first see Mike Tyson. Yeah. And uh, Tito is kicking the bag and I'll never forget because Tito's, you know, Tito could kick, okay, but he's not like one of the big time kickers mm-hmm. out there. But he's kicking the bag and, and they're moving around and every time Tito, Tito kicks, Mike's going, ooh. Ooh, 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 that would hurt, that would hurt. <laughs> and I was, I'm just like, are you kidding me? You're worried about that? You know, but it was, it was kind of funny just seeing him in that light when all of a sudden he's looking at Tito kicking it and he's like, ooh, ooh, ooh. And I was like, okay, I've seen, I, I, I figured it out now. Everyone's got their thing. They go, I don't want part of that. But yeah. It was funny just watching him in there. Those are the noises Dave makes when I kick him. <laughs> <That's, that's, laughs> Dave sounds exactly like that. Ooh, 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 ooh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's it's pretty funny. I think it's hilarious. I love it. I kick the Lego just a tiny bit, and he's like, ooh, ooh, oh, cool. Don't okay, let me ask you this. What was the reason that John went after Chael? Because I didn't see that. I saw that he said something about, guess you, who I'm talking about? You know, old guy using me for his... I don't know. Let's Twitter see. Twitter base or whatever. Yeah, they're they're all right now. You can tell that the coronavirus is getting to people sitting. People are house. bored. They're getting bored, <laughs> and like they've just flocked to Twitter to talk shit and potentially get a fight. Um, well, I I guess I wanted to figure out why is it that Dana has this thing when like certain guys want fights. Like John Jones apparently says he wants the Ngannou fight, and Ngannou says he wants the fight, but Dana's like, "Yeah, fans would love to see that fight, but it's not going to happen." Yeah. Why is there a shut? Do you know any? Like, why would there be a shutdown like that? What they want more? Oh, they, the two of them want too much money, or one of them definitely does. Yeah. <laughs> Come I know, on. I know John came out and said, "I'm negotiating this fifty million dollar deal he, right okay, now." Okay, he's not negotiating no. shit. So let's just be honest. Yeah. All right. Now, Malky, that's his that's his manager. I'm sure Malky's doing his best to get him as much money as he can. That's his job and that's what he should do. But come on, man. You know, you got to be reasonable about that's not a championship fight. Yeah. And that's the problem with it. If it was a championship fight, I think the UFC would actually work towards making it happen. You know, if 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 Francis was the champion, I could see them saying, you know what, this this is another, you know, DC versus Stipe type moment, champion versus champion. Yeah, we can make this happen. We can make a lot off of it. I think they can make money off of the fight anyways, and it would be a five-round fight because it would be the main event anyways. But I just, without that heavyweight title being in place, so John, if he wins, becomes the two, you know, division champion, or Ngano takes out the light heavyweight champion thinking that he's going to move up. I think that they would do it. I think without that, that's the reason why he really doesn't care about it. I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm going to give this a little bit of a prediction. DC is going to beat Stipe. He says this is his last fight for sure. And okay, John- let me just say one word, one word real quick. Homer. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not gonna deny this. DC is gonna beat Stipe. I mean, I, that that would be a homer move. But I'm saying, if even if DC, let's say DC does beat him, even if I wasn't being a homer, and DC beats him, I think that you could potentially see DC and uh, John Jones again at heavyweight. God, I'm just, no. I'm just letting God, you know. No. They, First off, that, they would do it. That, UFC that would, would do be, it. The UFC would do it. And if DC does it, he's a fool. Hmm. I don't know. I think he smashes John at him. That's Homer right there. See that? Wow, dude, <laughs> man, a, you're going, you're going Homer. full fledged Homer, no. man. No, I think um, full no. fledged. Show, show me, show me the moment that DC was beating John. No, I think he did. He beat him the first. Uh... Oh, so you're going to say, oh, he won the first round? No, he didn't. Could he have won the second round? Didn't yes. He, didn't he? Didn't it's possible. He could have won, won that first. second round. Well, which one? In the first fight or the second fight? No, the second. He didn't win anything in the first fight. Come on. <laughs> I'm just being honest. And it's nothing. I love DC. I think he's just phenomenal. But you're so mean. There's so many problems that he has in facing John. Yeah. It's a style matchup. Yep. It's the length and the range, realistically. To me, I feel like the speed that he usually has over people that usually fight at the heavier weights, he doesn't have because of the reach. He can't he can't cover that distance and the amount of time to get in. Yeah, no, I I I agree. I think DC's a better fighter at heavyweight. I think him going to two oh five earlier in his career was was tough on him. Um I think uh but I do see if if DC does win, DC has already said he's like, This is for sure my last fight, but you know, money says speaks volumes. But yes, I think the UFC would be in. Um, so does so does his wife though? She yeah. speaks volumes, mm-hmm. and I know she she's about done with it. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah, I mean, but oh, I think we lost you. I'm I'm hitting things yeah, now. I got go. it. Go. Yeah, I think I think that that is one of those um, situations where there's just too much money on the line. I think I really think that he would end up doing it. Yeah, well, that would be a giant fucking miscalculation. Yeah. It would be a mistake. So. No. What does he have to win? Tell me. Other than satisfying this little fucking bit of his ego, that possibly, possibly he could beat John and get that win. It's not like John has the title and he doesn't. Yeah. He's the champion if he had beaten Stipe. So what does he what does he get out of it? When he could, if he beats Stipe, he then takes that trilogy. Two fights to one, and he walks away as the heavyweight champion. Now his legacy is set. He doesn't have to beat John. That's that's a miscalculation. It's not true. All right. I understand why he would want to, but the odds of it are not in his favor. And the fact that he puts an exclamation point on the end of his career, possibly with a loss to John, not a good thing. I just would like to see it. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know. You see, this is, I'm being a better like friend than you are, and you're the homer because you're wanting your friend to go out and fight someone that calculation-wise, yeah. that is not a good fight for him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I never said it was going to be a good fight for him or an easy <laughs> fight for him or anything along those lines. Um, I just said that I was trying to get to the point I was rudely interrupted that it was <laughs> that it, it it makes sense for the UFC to try and put that together if DC wins and I think they dangle a carrot back in front of him 
And then, but just, I think what it does is it puts Francis Ngannou at the back of the line. Again, that poor guy. Um, to see those two guys get after it again, I think in the heavyweight division for the heavyweight title, T, I think DC would be enticed to come out of retirement, like a really short-lived one, for, for it to happen. And um, I, I wouldn't put it past him. I think the money and I think with just it being John and him coming to heavyweight and DC feeling like he's better at heavyweight, I don't know. I mean, I'm not excited. Like I said, I didn't say it was a good fight for him. I just simply said I could see in my crystal ball, okay, the little tiny thing between my ears. I'm expecting, I'm expecting something along those lines to happen because there's nothing. There would be no one else for him to fight. Like you could fight Francis Ngannou, but like they wouldn't bring in the numbers that John and DC would bring in. But I think, I think Ngannou and John Jones brings in a pretty good amount of money as well. So I mean, I don't know. I. I'm, Outside of those fights, no one wants to see Stipe fight. It really just comes down. Like, he's just not. Whoa, he is not a big draw. Look at you. He is not. A, I like the guy. I actually kind of do. He is sometimes a little whiny, but he he's a good fucking fighter. There's no doubt. Okay, he's what's a he good whiny? Well, hold, stop. You just you just made a statement. You're saying that he's whiny. What's he whiny well, about? Well, he was he was really whiny during the DC holdout thing with with the with the uh, Brock Lesnar thing. Real whiny during okay. that time. Wants everything, wants it, constantly complaining about, you know, what the fans think or what the UFC thinks of him. Just don't even worry about that shit, man. Just keep ah, constantly okay, is on there talking about I UFC. Am what am I not the champ? Go ahead. I am cutting you off there. That is bullshit because let's That's take true. a look at the situation. No, let's take a look at the situation. Oh, man, I'm going to have to get to you. Stipe was the champion, was he not? No, yes, he wasn't. He, he, was. lost, he lost to DC. Stop. He was the champion. He ends up losing after he has had a longer string of wins at that title holder position yeah, than yeah. anybody. Gotcha. Okay. He loses to DC and then they're going to bring it instead of him getting the rematch, mm -hmm. which kind of has the UFC's kind of set that up. If you've been that long-term champion, you lose, you kind of get that rematch. You can look at, you know, other guys. So he's expecting to get the rematch and no, they're going to bring in some guy from the outside because they can make money off of Brock Lesnar. I don't blame them. I no. understand it. And I understand why DC wants that fight yeah. comparatively. I definitely understand why he wants it for a multitude of reasons. But all of a sudden, that fight doesn't happen. And Stipe's sitting on the outside not fighting, and DC's not fighting. And so he's like, hey, man, what, what, what the hell? Let's go. And DC is dragging it out, and I don't blame DC. I understand why he's dragging it out, because he wants that Brock fight. That's a big money fight to him. He has kind of tried to set that whole thing up. He knows he's going to beat him. So this is a great situation for DC, but I totally understand what Stipe is talking about. He was being held out based upon a fight that, in the end, did not happen. He was right. He comes back. He wins the title. And now he's in the position, and what do I hear out of D.C.? The same thing, but you're not talking about him whining. He's whining like just no more, I mean, no less than what Stipe was doing. You didn't let me finish. Oh, <laughs> that was the man. comment. You didn't man, let me finish. The two, on, the, the two of them sound horrible right now, back and forth. But right, my, no, <laughs> my complaint, though, originally was that even before when he was champion, 
He wasn't getting the respect he deserved from the UFC. He was com constantly complaining on Twitter about how the f he didn't care if the fans liked him or not. He didn't care if the UFC liked him. I'm the champ. I'm the longest reigning champion. All this stuff. Just fucking fight, man. Winning solves everything. Don't worry about all the other shit. And he, I, I liked him up until that moment. And then when when the fight was going to happen with the, after he beat DC or after DC beat him and DC was supposed to get the Brock fight, at least he was talking about fighting someone who was a former UFC champion and someone who has fought in the cage. Soon as Stipe wins the title and beats DC, hey, let me fight Tyson Fury. Get the, I'm tired of all the guys wanting to fight boxers. Get out of here no, with I that shit. Too. Get out I of here. I agree with you on that. And I so agree with you there on was a little the bit. There was bullshit. a little bit of this, hey, I'm going to make you wait because you made me wait for, for Brock. Yeah, but Brock had yep. actually fought before in the UFC. Tyson Fury has no desire to fight Stipe. Like it just doesn't. Whoa, 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 got, whoa, 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 whoa. You're gonna you're gonna tell me that's not true. Wanted to fight. Who did? What? I, Are you telling me that Tyson Fury didn't come out saying I want to fight in the UFC? No, no, he did, but that, that that wasn't gonna. He said there was no fight of them gonna happen. It's not gonna. It wasn't gonna happen. I know. I agree with you that it wasn't gonna happen. But Tyson Fury did come out saying, "Hey, I and they." He was training with Darren Till, and they were showing all the different stuff. And I could understand why Stipe would say, "Oh, I would. I'll fight him." Yes, hmm. you know, it's everything is about timing, money, and control. PR. It was a PR stunt. Yeah, I got it. Absolutely, of course. You know, the fight was never going to happen. But Brock was no. really trying to come to the UFC to fight DC. That's what the holdup was. Was he? When, uh, was he really? I think so. Remember, he had lost a lot of weight during that time to try to get was his weight he really? down. I think he was. I think he was. God, he had to get clean off the use for USADA. Yeah, you know, have to remember get clean. He, he had lost quite a bit of muscle during that time. We were he talking. Did. We well, talked he, about that a he couple. He did times. that for Mark Hunt too. Oh, did he? Hmm. Oh Dave, yeah, Dave would know clean. better. How much you know, Brock? <laughs> you know, Brock, Dave. You know Brock pretty well, right? So I mean, he, he did lose some weight during that time. Yeah. yeah. Go so, ahead, Dave. Tell him nope. <laughs> look, my overall my overall uh, opinion of Stipe is I think he's a good fighter. Um, I do enjoy watching him fight. I I just during that time frame, it, it even up to now, like he just came out saying something again just recently about oh I don't care I'm the champ and the UFC doesn't like me and the fans don't stop worrying about that. So it's constantly complaining about people not liking you. Well, I agree with I okay. I totally agree with you that he needs to. Don't don't talk about what the fans like, what they don't. That's that's yeah. that should not be a concern. Yeah. Okay. Now I can see him complaining about his employer and the people that promote him. No, look at let's be honest. Yeah. He's looking and saying, at from his point of view, he's saying you don't promote me the right way. Now is that true? That's an opinion. I'm not saying yeah. that it's the right opinion, but that's his opinion, and and he can have that. But this whole thing as far as, you know, like, oh, he owes. He doesn't owe DC a fight. He doesn't owe anyone a fight. That just depends on if that's what he wants to do. And right now, he's a guy that is not sitting on his ass. He's not sitting on the sideline. He's actually working during this time because he has a full-time job. And you know what? He's the one in control. So sit back. Yeah. Quit complaining about it because you did the same damn thing to him.
<laughs> I didn't. I didn't do it, Tim. Well, I know you did it, but you <laughs> no, know what I'm I saying. Just, no, I do understand what you're saying. I would just like, I agree. Like, I understand. I do know what you're saying as far as in terms of the, the employer. The, you want fights or you would like to have fights because you feel like those fighters will bring the best out in you. And the UFC doesn't always fall in line with that. And they're like, nope, nope. this is going to happen. And this is going to happen. And they have a different plan for you. And you don't like the way that that plan is going, whether you're the champion or not. You pretty much have no say unless you're a huge needle, uh, needle mover. And we see it even with guys that are needle movers that they still don't get the, the treatment that they feel like they deserve. I mean, guys like, look at, look at guys like Nate. Sure, he gets paid a lot. Sure, he's, he's had some good fights. But he only comes and goes when he gets treated the way he or when he gets what he wants. I think it's smart on his part, but, but Stipe is not that needle mover. That's why he can't get away with that type of stuff. So until then, I feel like I agree with to, you in the fact that well, he just he no, needs to I, zip I, it I up a like, little bit and just go out there and fight. <laughs> That's what he needs to do. Man. I, like, look, I agree with you. He, you know, Nate, Nate is a different animal. Yeah. All right. He, and he comes from a different place and a different outlook and, Nate is is smart enough to say, ah, come to me with what I want, and then I'll then I'll do it. Until yeah. such time, I don't care. I have other things, and that's great. And I'm and that's I love the fact that Nate has a control over his career, fighting there. That's the way it's supposed to be. You're right. Stipe doesn't have that same needle mover thing, but he does have that title, which helps move the needle. And since he's in control, uh, it does, no matter what. Even if you're the guy that no one likes, okay? Bisping. How many people love Bisping? It's not like. It's like don't care. No, how many, peop how many, people, how many people liked or loved Bisping? I can uh, think of three, and they're all his family members. <laughs> Did I say three? Four. Four. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 I, and I love Michael. It's not. Yeah. I'm not saying that. But. There was all kinds of time people were saying they didn't care. But when he became champion, all of a sudden it was more about caring because that title's there too. It does make a difference. So, you know, it makes a difference. So yes and Be yes and no. Yes and no. It does make a difference. But if you were to put Demetrius Johnson and uh, Stipe on, on a card only because Stipe is a little bit bigger, would people tune in maybe like 15 more pay-per-view buys? That would be it. Like that's <laughs> the 15 more. <laughs> When you're talking 125 pounder versus the the supposed to be the best heavyweight of all time, you know in the UFC, it's the I feel like the numbers would be they'd overlap. They'd be the same numbers. The the, the viewership for what he gets. I feel like I'm ragging on him now. Fucking just leave it. Alone. You are ragging on him. I just look. There's a difference between people like with Floyd Mayweather. People hated him and want to see him get knocked out, or they liked him and they want to see him win. Steepy's in yeah. the middle there where he people don't care. And that's that's, that's the worst a, part. That's the worst part. Like that's, at least you're if, right. John, if you want to be the heel, be the heel. Like John, oh, he's John Jones should he's just perfect. And that was that was the whole thing. We, I think we started this with Chael and John, but yeah, that was the whole thing that I heard Chael say to John. You know, when he was talking about him, is hey, dude, embrace it. Yeah. Just go with what you are. Be the heel. I think he's right. Yeah, quit trying to be the guy that you know goes back and forth and all. Be the heel. Make it to where everybody wants to see you lose and you never give them the satisfaction. Yeah. Great. 
Yeah, I feel like Stipe is almost on that path. He needs to he needs to go from Hulk Hogan to Hollywood Hogan real quick here. <laughs> I had to give a little reference to podcast Dave would Man, be familiar with. You got to tell me Dave's eyes went boom. He just like, oh, lit up. Wow, he looked at me like, it. "What? This is awesome." Did you <laughs> say Hogan? Right Did you say Hogan? Oh no. <laughs> So, Bring out the Hulkamania. Oh man. Um, yeah, I, that's all I feel. Like I feel like it's it shouldn't have yeah. been that way. You know, like he is someone that I think could have been like on a. I know I know he's got the most wins in the heavyweight division as a champion, those kind of things. But I feel like every time you have to remind people, he tweets about like I'm the best heavyweight that's ever been the UFC's ever had this and that, and then it doesn't. It's not gaining any more fans and friends from that. See, that's but the, you know that right there is hurting you because no. you. That Homer thing. Oh, yeah, because you're sitting there going, well, my boy Kane, my boy Kane would have beat him easy. Oh, I can't See? say that. I can't say you're that. You're right. Though. You can't say I, that. I would like to be able to say that, but I mean, and I think he would have, but I don't, I can't say that. <laughs> <laughs> I think he would have. Yeah. I will spit out my coffee, yeah. God damn it. Oh, that's funny. I'd like to say that. Okay, I will say Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I mean, we we got lucky. We got blessed. We had a bunch of really good heavyweights in our gym at AK. I mean, from Paul Bonatello, Mike Kyle, you know, to Kane, DC. I mean, we've had a lot of good heavyweights come through our gym pretty well. So they've had a couple of good fighters. Yeah, not too a bad. couple, not too shabby. <laughs> what else? Oh, did you see? Uh, uh, Nate came. We were talking about Nate earlier. He came out with his uh, his conversation yesterday after I think Connor came out with who he thought were the goats. And, or he was going to be the goat. He'll be leaps and bounds above everybody. I think, um, you know, by the time he decides to leave the game, Con- Connor would be the goat. Okay. Over GSP and John Jones and everybody else that's you know fought. <laughs> uh, and then and then Nate and then Nate came out with his saying that he's the goat because he's beat up Connor and this and that. He's so, real then. Yeah. Yeah. I just I was I was kind of cracking up and I actually commented a couple times on the tweet just you know with a little like uh, thinking emoji like uh, was that what you call I think. Yeah, anyways. But it was good. We had a good cars. Uh, a bunch I, of people would hit me up. Here you go. You were you were lightweight, so Connor's basically lightweight welterweight. Other I don't know. Yeah. So is he is he the goat? No. Or is he the is he the goat of the featherweight division? No. Is he the goat of the lightweight division? No. But I mean definitely if, not the goat of the it, welterweight. It would be impressive if he won the hundred and seventy pound title. I mean, oh man! I think what if he won the 170 fucking, pound title? Yeah, it'd be impressive. I I just uh, I don't I mean like and I'm not saying he can be Usman or Colby or any of those guys in the top echelon of guys, but he does make for an interesting conversation, I think. And I've gone back to oh. this. You don't think so? Oh, absolutely, I think so. Okay. It, it it you're you're referencing back to old old time boxing. You know, there was one guy, Sugar Ray Robinson, was the man because he went and from the, I think he actually started at lightweight, but he had a welterweight champion. And back then, the the weight classes, because welterweight went to middleweight, which was 160. So when 147 to 160, so that was a comparable weight jump to what MMA has. And then from 160, it was to 175 for light heavyweight, mm-hmm. and he spanned all that. And, you know, and he he had he went after the light heavyweight title. He won every round against the champion in Chicago, and then died out in the before the 15th round. Couldn't answer the bell because he was exhausted. Wow! And had won every round and lost the fight. But 
you know, Sugar Ray Robinson was the guy that he spanned all of those weight classes. Different than what happens today because the weight classes in boxing are like four pounds apart at times. Yeah. It's ridiculous. So you get these guys and, you know, they'll, they'll actually grow, you know, a total of 12 pounds and they've got five different titles in there. And you're going, and eh, not quite the same as what yeah. was done in the past. But if Connor went and took the 145, which he already did, and the 155, which he already did, with a 10-pound, and then throws another 15-pound jump onto that, that's a 25-pound span. Yeah. That would be huge. That would be so impressive. That's something that I don't know. I don't know if he would do it, and I don't know if uh, you would ever see that again because that – is just three weight classes in MMA, the way the weights are spanned and, and separated out, that would be absolutely incredible. Yeah. I, I mean, you get to Colby, you get to Usman, neither one of them have striking that's as good as his. And his ability to sometimes, like, his explosiveness, I think in the first two rounds, maybe three, but I think two. I think I think he he'd have a good chance of potentially catching either one of those guys, whether it's Colby, whether it's Usman, uh, you know T Wood. T Wood's fast and explosive as well, but the other two don't have that fast and explosive uh, combinations that they set together. Don't get me wrong; they're very good, and I was very impressed with their last fight with each other on the feet. Very impressive, but it's not it's not Conor McGregor stand up. I'm turning as much as yeah. my neck will turn. This is it. <laughs> It's not Conor McGregor stand-up. So I think on the feet, I would no. obviously give the edge to Conor. The the footwork, okay. being able to kind of at least slow the takedowns. But I, I think once he gets taken down once or twice, I think it's going to be even harder and harder every time for him to get up. No, but and, it no, for, dis it makes, oh, it makes for an interesting fight. In no, interesting no, disres no disrespect towards Conor at all. And yeah, I, I think you're right. He has the advantage in the technical stand-up skills mm -hmm. at the start of the fight. But he's got to get rid of those guys, Colby or Usman. Yeah, he's yeah. got to put a lot of damage on them in that opening round and into that second round if he can't get rid of them because the pace that both of them bring, the wrestling that yeah. both of them bring, and the durability that both bring. Because look, look at Colby has proven he's a tough, durable son of a bitch. Yeah. All right? You can't take it away from him. Usman has proven he is a tough durable son of a bitch you know both of those guys they both can take big shots they both have gas tanks that are huge yeah that, that, there's a lot of things I'll, I'll give connor a little bit in some areas but man there's a lot of things that go into those you know the, the toolbox on their side that are 100 definite things that help you win a fight <clears throat> yeah like i said the, the longer the fight goes um, that's one of those oh. things. The longer that fight goes, it favors both the bigger guys. I mean, and not just because of they're bigger, but because of their wrestling. Everything. Everything about them. Everything. Yeah, moves forward. I think Connor's shown that he he has a hard time maintaining that explosiveness yep. past pretty much the second round. You know, into the third, yep. it's it starts to slow down drastically. And, that's, and that you know that's you you watch that and people get like, that's just certain body styles. That's certain certain body types. BJ was very much like that. Yeah. You know, and everyone talked about he's not in shape. He is in shape. It's just that he burns energy at a different rate. He's a very fast twitch guy. And Connor is that fast twitch muscle fiber guy. And it's hard for him to maintain that same, even though he's in shape, he's going to start to tail off. Yeah. 
I guess, I guess really for me, I've been sitting around trying to figure out like matchmaking because where, <laughs> like, where do you go? Where do Don't they, ever. Where do you go with these guys? Let's say Steve, let's say DC beats Stipe. Now you have a vacant title because now he's going to vacate. You're bringing him back for one fight. I know the UFC is like, hey, we owe you DC a favor for some reason. I want to say it was the Derek Lewis fight because he fought, he fought Derek Lewis with a broken hand. And so it was just one of those things where he just, they said, hey, we need you to fight. You know, his, I think he had a hairline fracture in his hand. He basically couldn't hit with it. He didn't hit with it the whole training camp. But then where do you go after that? Then you have Ngannou and Stipe. Do you bring John Jones in then to kind of maybe spice it up and bring some more attention back to the heavyweight division? At 170. Yeah, yeah at 170, After- where are we at? Are we with, is Connor in that mix at 70 or is Connor going to go back to 55? He said he wants to stay at 70. Where's that put? You got Leon Edwards waiting, basically, and you've got T. Wood fighting Burns. That's a fucking amazing fight. That's a good fight. That's the fight I've, I've wanted That's to see. That's a good fight. That's a really good fight. Man, it's going to be good. I'm gonna have to go. I'm gonna lean to. I'm gonna. I'm gonna have to lean towards Dorino. I'm gonna tell Gilbert. Ooh, I, look at you! I know I'm a T Wood fucking fan, man. I just. But I, th- I think Gilbert has to survive two rounds. Yeah, he's, I mean, he, yeah. He's got to go into that fight saying, "Hey, it's okay if I if as long as I keep myself fairly undamaged, make it a little bit harder, make him have to work. I don't have to really go for." I'm not going to go for takedowns on him. I just want to make him work with his footwork and make him have to press a little bit. Don't get damaged. And then the third, fourth, fifth round, just turn it on and make him start to wilt. Mm-hmm. I think Gilbert's got a, he's got a good shot at that fight. And he, and he could submit, you know, he's got great submissions. Oh, you know. so good on the ground. He's so good on the I know. ground. He's super impressive. Oh. Not, I mean, yep. and his striking's come a long way. He's such fast, so fast twitch. He's got to settle the feet a little bit more. He's he kind of bounces all around, you know. And as the fight goes on, it's you know, if you're one step behind, you end up getting caught. You put yourself in a position from all that bouncing around, you could potentially get caught. And you don't want to be there with T Wood. Are they the main event? You would think that they would be. Oh yeah, that's got to I, yeah, be. I think the main. they're because I heard uh, Cynthia Cavillo and. Jessica I is headliner. It said it had said a headliner. I, I don't know if that well, means. Well, it, it may be co-main. It may that, be co-main. If, if that's on the same card, there's no way that Jessica I and Cynthia is going to be ahead of. No. He would. It's the co-main? It's the main event. Yeah. What's, what's the date on that? June what? Sixth. Um, June 6th? No, so the, May 30th. May 30th. Well, that one's May 30th. That's Because okay, you got one May 30th and June 6th. That's this weekend, then. Not not this week. I'm sorry. No. Yeah. There you go. You, boy, you're right on top of that one, aren't you? I know. <laughs> I'm surprised you remember what fucking day it is. You know? Um, what else? Uh, I mean, as far as the welterweight division, I mean, like, you've got Leon Edwards in that mix. You've got... Yeah, um, Leon is sitting out on an island right now, and it's not Fight Island. You know? Yeah, he's stuck. <laughs> it's a... Uh, man, it, it, you know, in a really bad spot because this guy has has worked his way into being one of the top guys in the division. He deserves everything, and he's stuck. He's stuck, you know, because of what has happened with this whole you know virus thing, and got the fight taken away with you know Woodley and stuff. And and I actually thought that was a very good fight for him. Yeah, it was. I thought that was going to be a hard fight for T Wood, but it never happened. But he's in a position where you know. Are they going to just put him against Usman? I don't think so. I think they believe that he needs that one big, you know, 
put over fight that puts him into that title contention. I don't think they really look at him as his next fight could be for the title. I think they look at him. He needs a big win over a name, and then we can put him for a title. But the guy's so good, so talented. Interesting. I, I feel bad for him, actually. Yeah, I can't think of... I mean, you... I mean... I can't think of anyone for him to fight. Like, outside of... outside, <laughs> I can. Yeah, outside of... Colby. Who? You want Colby, huh? Colby. Oh, yeah, I think him and Colby is a... That's a good fight. So, I'm hearing that Carr... Or you could put him... You could put him against Masvidal, too. They had a little bit that of... That, to me, is the fight to make. Okay. You put him against Masvidal, which I don't think Masvidal wants that fight. Not that he's obviously not afraid of him. He just is no. like, why? I'm, I'm one step away. I could fight for the title at against Usman. So why would I fight a really tough guy, potentially lose, and then my stock drops, and yep. he could fight for the title and be like, hey, well, at least I lost to the champion. You got to make it a close fight. If it's a close fight... I don't know. I think that makes. I'd like to see Masvidal and Leon Edwards, but if it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. You know, as far as for Masvidal, I think he needs to make that jump up to heavy or not heavyweight, but up to the title and fight for this, fight for the title. Yes, I look. I look at Masvidal, and honestly, the the one fight that I look at that I go, that's the one fight I don't want to see him in is the title fight. I don't want to see him against Usman. I would love to see him against Leon Edwards, and I would love to see him against Colby. Yeah, that's a good one too. Both of those would be just awesome, but. So this is this is exactly what I'm talking about. This is what I'm talking about with Stipe. When we're having the conversation with Stipe. No, no. When, when we're having the conversation with Stipe. You can't win this. When we're having the conversation with Stipe, you and I, you just brought up three guys you'd like to see Masvidal fight. Yeah. I don't think I've ever brought up anybody I'd like to see Stipe fight. And that, I'm not like I, I'm. I, this is that conversation we're talking about. Is that when we start thinking of hey, who we want to see fight? Masvidal comes up on our list like probably three or four times, easily three or four times. Could see him fight Connor. Could see him fight Leon Edwards. Could see him fight Usman. I wouldn't mind seeing the Usman fight because it's for the title. Colby Covington for sure. The two of them talking shit would be fucking amazing. I mean, there's fights in there. You, we could bring up Masvidal's name a bunch of times to watch him fight. You don't do that for Stipe. And I think as a heavyweight, we should be dropping his name at every turn. We do it more for Ngannou. I'd love to see Ngano and Derek Lewis fight. You know, or it's like one of those things. We no, bring God, that was the worst yeah. fight ever. Please don't ever do that. I want to. Go, I'll go blind. <laughs> so, but there's guys. Well, we would bring up Ngano. Yeah, him and John Jones. Him and so and so. Him and so. It's like, but I, you don't do that for Stipe, which is I, there's something there that's missing in a heavyweight. It shouldn't be missing. And I, I mean, I, I know it sounds like I'm still I'm still bagging on him, but those are I wanted to bring that up because I, you brought up three or four guys. For Masvidal to fight, but when we do that with other guys, you either want to see him or you don't. You don't even care if if you don't care enough for them to watch them lose, or you don't care enough for them to watch them win. Then then what are you watching them for? And not a lot of people would really care. And so I think the it's sad to see. I think at the heavyweight division, because like I said, that leaves it in limbo. If DC wins and then he vacates the title, then what? The UFC they've already shown they don't really they're not really trying to push him all that much. Where does he go? You just lost to DC, and then you know I, you've lost to him twice. Now you're gonna fight Ngannou again, maybe possibly for the title. Ngannou and John Jones for the title, maybe at heavyweight once DC's out. That I, I don't, I don't really can't think. Alistair Overeem just had a good performance, you know, and was looking good against what Rosenstrike or Rosenstrike before that. Rosenstrike, yeah. 
And then he got, uh, then he lost with like what, ten seconds left. But I mean, he and was thank look, you to our, he was looking good. Thank you to our then. girl that actually gave us the correct pronunciation. Yeah. Of Rosenstrucks. Yeah, yeah. I still, Even though I still hear it wrong all the time. I couldn't understand what she said. <laughs> she said it very nicely, very elegantly, eloquent, elegant, mm -hmm. eloquently. There you go. Yes. But I couldn't. Yeah. Oh man. So what else? What else was there? Dave, you got anything for us? Um, no, that's pretty much. That's yeah. pretty much. Pretty much. Um. Then. Oh, you got. You have. Um. They just set up the fight with uh, Amanda Ribas against. Paige Van Zandt. Ooh. Do you think the UFC is trying to get Paige beat because she hasn't re-signed a contract? <laughs> I would say possibly. I mean, but it happens. I mean, that's what any smart promoter would do that. You know, they know okay. what they know what they're doing. I mean, they've they've over the years just figured it out. You know, <laughs> they over it, the years, just yeah, figured it out. took them some time, man. They, they figured out their style. Yeah, Tito was the guy that kind of I think started setting that, but he tried to leave and start his own fight promotion and all this other stuff. And then BJ Penn did the same thing when he left and started his own fight promotion. So they've had experience with fighters, you know, and and what what fighters will do. And so they they've done a good job at altering their contracts to make sure that when you do leave. No one's gonna ever want you. <laughs> it's, uh, it's it really is one of those old bitter girlfriend moves, you know. <laughs> like, Man, it is. The, it's ugly. The, the old girlfriend calls up all the new girlfriends. Yeah, he's got herpes and all. Ooh. Bitch, doesn't that mean you got it too? <laughs> it's like, but yeah, no, that's kind of that's kind of what um that's kind of what they do. It's good though. I think I think that's just that's the game. Got to just win. That's all you got to do. Just keep winning, and you don't have to worry about that conversation. That's true. You know, if you keep so. winning, everything takes care of itself. Well, she got she got shafted with a bunch of injuries to white her forearm, correct? Oh my god. Just off of that one spinning back fist that she landed a little bit off that broke her arm. Yeah. She's had a lot, you know, and, and that happens with some injuries. You know, you talk about like Luke Rockhold kicking. Yep. That you know, you, you land one kick on someone and they check it the right way. And that injury just keeps resurfacing yep. time after time. It just never heals correctly. That might happen to Paige with that break. You, know, you, you hope not. I feel bad for her if that, that's what occurs. Yeah, that's like, uh, I don't know if you guys watch football, but Rob Gronkowski, same thing. He broke his forearm one time. And yep. uh, and then after that, it just kept re-breaking and re-breaking. And that's the same problem that I had with my, with my ankle. So I was supposed to fight Gil for the second time after I had beat him the first time. I broke my ankle. I put a metal plate in with nine screws. And every time I would go to kick after the doctor to give me clearance and after I had already given, you know, the full 10 to 12 weeks, I was allowed to finally start kicking with it. It didn't matter. The bone would break over the over the plate every time. So three times in three times in 18 months, I broke it over the plate because that, that uses like a fulcrum, right, where the bone just goes over the, the edge of the plate. And, Every time, eventually, it just calcified over enough to the point where it wouldn't break anymore. But for 18 months, I spent trying to, you know, not do anything. And the forearm, I would imagine the same thing. DC's got one in his hand. And he said every time, he, every once in a while, he'll be playing around and someone will hit him right on the plate. He's like, and it hurts so bad. And the same thing with my ankle. You know, anytime someone tries to, you know, do something like as far as like an ankle lock or anything like that, if it's not in the right position, it tweaks really hard. And if you look at some of like my past fights after I fought Gil the first fight, I stopped kicking to the body because it just, it hurt me more sometimes than it hurt the other person. 
Just like Especially when they things. block right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. There was, there was, uh, who, who I was going to say somebody else that, that also had it. So Paige had it. Um, you know, DC had it. There was a couple other people that I had known that had, had them like in their forearms and they would check kicks and they could fill it. And they're like, yeah, it's sometimes not even worth <laughs> like putting your arms out there. I'll, I'll just keep my elbow in my ribs and let you kick my bicep, you know, or my shoulder. So, um, what cards, um, what are what other cards have we have coming up? They haven't really announced any cards yet. May 30th is the next one. Yeah, that's this weekend. See. That's going to be a great fight. Do you, who else is on that card? Do you know, Dave? Yeah, I got it right here. Um, <sighs> just that, just so you know, the Nunez one is a week after that as well. Amanda Nunez, oh, Nunez against Felicia Spencer. Spencer. Yeah. I got so much shit because I was sticking up for Felicia Spencer. We talked oh, about why it. she's awesome. She's good. She's good. She's she is exceptional on the ground. Can she get? She there? is, and I hate saying this about a lady. I know it's not the nice thing to say, but she's so heavy on the ground. She is, you know. It's like you know. It's, it's yeah. I'm I'm giving a compliment, and someone's going to say that I'm yeah. you know saying something bad. I'm not. She, on the ground, she is super heavy. I've watched a lot of girls that can grapple try to get you know move. And they have a hard time moving underneath her. I obviously Amanda is the one that has the mm. superior stand-up game, and she needs to keep. You know, this is what makes Amanda so good is she's so good at making now her opponent fight in the realm that she decides the fight needs to be. <clears throat> you know, when she's fighting someone, you know, like a Spencer, she's gonna she's gonna keep that fight on the feet. When she's fighting someone like Jermaine, she's taking Jermaine down and using her good wrestling and her good ground game to just wear down Jermaine and stuff. That's what makes Amanda, you know, so good right now. The question is, can Felicia get her down and make her work off of her back to where she gets a little tired, and then that fight can actually change course? Hmm. Yeah, I think. Amanda has been sh- lately and not lately for a while now. She's been showing that she slows down in the third and the fourth rounds. And she's she did always, that. yeah, she's always kind of like, she comes out really fast and explosive in that first round. Second round, she starts off very much the same way, but it only lasts about maybe two minutes of the, the second round. And then she dies down as the fight goes on. Felicia Spencer kind of keeps that even kill. There's no re- nothing really too explosive out of her. She has kind of just that push forward, busy, active. She's got to weather that storm for the first round and a half. I think if she can get through there, she's got a good chance. If she can especially put Amanda Nunes on her back and start trying to mount some sort of offense from the top position, I think on the bottom, she's not going to do anything for her. You know, it's not like on the feet and on the bottom, not looking good for her. The fight that I am very excited to see, which I just remembered in my uh, process through my CTE brain, um, was they just booked... Uh, is it, is it Hooker versus Dustin Poirier? Dan Hooker? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe yeah. I believe they just uh, announced that that's that's a fight also. When did they say that one's going to be? I want to say June thirteenth. June thirteenth in Vegas? No, man, I don't know where's. Has to be. Has Anyways, to be. Yeah, it's June. I think it's in June sometime. I believe. But I just saw it yesterday. It, was, it seemed like it was announced. It was on Dustin's, I think, IG page. Anyways, I think that... What do you think of the fight? I think I want to hear your opinion first. 
<laughs> I well, first off, I think Dan Hooker is an outstanding fighter, but I think, I think his style <laughs> against Dustin it's not a good fight for him. There's you know style wise, Dustin Poirier in the stand up, especially now at 155. I didn't like when Dustin was at 145. I didn't yeah. think that was a good weight class for him. I thought he was cutting way too much weight. I think it hurt him. But I think now at the 155, that's exactly where he needs to be. He's still big there, yeah. and Dan is big there. But Poirier's skills, wrestling-wise, he's got an advantage over Dan. And his wrestling takedown, Dan's going to have a super hard time trying to take Dustin down. Yeah. It's not going to work for him well. And in the stand-up, I just like the kicks and the way that Dustin sets up his kicks behind his hands against dan i just think that style wise this is not the right dustin's not a guy that comes straight forward at you like a mm -hmm. paul felder is a guy that normally comes straight forward towards you yeah he comes with a more muay thai style coming straight forward not a lot of you know lateral movement dustin gives a lot of lateral movement right now dustin's got it down and, and he is the full package and you know you you gotta you know this is why you fight the fight i love dan hooker but Style-wise, I give this one to Dustin Poirier. Yeah, I'm wondering if it's a main event. If, if it's a main it has event, to be. you think so? It has to okay, be. Okay, so five, five rounds, main event. Yes. Um, I think Hook Dan showed that he slowed down against Felder in that fourth and that fifth yep. round. He's got to fight that long-range fight. He's got to fight long jabs, long push kicks, long, you know, he's got to stay long, and he's got to use his speed. And if you can't maintain your speed trying to stay long in that fourth and fifth round, that opens you up for some good counters. And Dustin, I think being as experienced as he is, fighting a, basically the who's who of 45 and at 55, I don't, I don't see how he loses this fight. I think just physically he's going to walk Dan down and just be able to touch, 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 threaten the takedown a little bit. And then you can't even, you can't even compare. Take a look at the, you know, and this is nothing against Dan. I, like I said, I love Dan Hooker. I think he's great. But take a look at the resume of who Dustin Poirier has faced and then who yeah. Hooker has faced. I mean, just the level of competition is it's incomparable. Yeah. Are, it's not. Are you trying to use MMA math? Because it's... <laughs> no, I'm not trying to use MMA math, but I am saying that as far as opponent-wise, I see Dustin having faced many people that have skill sets that match up to what yeah. Dan Hooker has or even exceeds it. And I don't see the matchups where Dan Hooker has faced guys that exceed the skill set of Dustin Poirier. Yeah. Interesting. I think it's, it's just makes for, I think it makes for a good fight. It's going to be exciting. I, I just would have liked to have seen Dan fight somebody else before he got to Dustin. Yep. It's not, it's a tough, tough fight, tough task. Didn't, for him. But didn't he? Didn't he call out Dustin? I think he did. I believe so. Yeah. See, this is where it, it comes down to that one. Be careful what you wish for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been smacking Dave around podcast Dave around here for a while, and he's he learned to accept it. He likes it. <laughs> he likes it. Uh, <clears throat> um. Anything else? Hey, you were gonna tell us who's on that card? Do you have it? Yeah. Um. There's more chance of you not knowing any of these fighters than. Yeah, I, I feel like the cards are not going to be too stacked right now. They did the first. What's the main card? Uh, so the main card, the uh, main event is 
Uh, I don't even know how to say these names. Uh, Blagoy Ivanov versus... Blagoy. Blagoy. Oh, uh, Blagoy. Augusto yeah. Sakai. Who? Augustus. Who's he fighting? Augusto Sakai. Oh, Sakai used to fight in Bellator. Okay. Augusto. I, I don't know him. Augusto Sakai. I know... Uh, From Brazil. Very good stand-up fighter. He's got a body that looks like a bag of smashed donuts. Okay. But... Like Dave. What? <laughs> Podcast Dave. He can uh, fight, man. Sakai can fight, man. He's got good stand-up. And against Blagoy, if he can keep his lateral movement, that's a good fight. You know, Blagoy does... Blagoy throws the big, you know, looping shots. Yeah. Has good, you know, submissions. Has a good ground game as far as especially being on top uh-huh. you figure you look at blagoy beat fedor in combat sambo yeah you know so he's he's the real deal he's good but sakai could pull that upset with his stand-up because he's very elusive on his feet for a big man and he makes guys work at catching him. so that's a good fight yeah he uh he trains an ak or he used to i don't know if he has his last fight or so but uh he was at ak for the longest time training with kane in dc uh he's good man yeah he's good he's he's kind of just stumbles forward a little bit big hands big overhand rights trying to push put the pressure on you um he's got good like hip toss and throws and stuff he's not too good not most heavyweights are very good off their back but he's not very good off his back he's a hard time getting up to his feet um, top position, I think he'll be able to hold and control, maintain position. But uh, I don't know the other guy. So you you said he's good on the feet, and Very. I think the two of them probably will be explosions for heavyweights there in the heavyweight division. Should be fun. What other fight? That's a good one. What else? Uh, where are we? It's Kevin Holland and Daniel Rodriguez. Oh, that's a good fight. Is it? Talk to mm. me, Goose. Give me something. Well, come on. You just saw Kevin Holland fight. You know, Kevin is a. Uh... He came off of the contender series, mm. you know, and, and he talks, he talks trash in the fight, but he talks kind of to himself. It's mm. kind of funny when you're in there, he, he, he'll talk to his opponent. He'll talk to himself. He'll talk to you as the referee. He'll talk to everybody. He'll talk on the outside. He, he, well, he it's, it's his way of keeping himself straight, you know, and what he's doing. He's good. And Daniel Rodriguez is good too. That's a good fight. I'm going to enjoy that one. That one's, Wow, Holland looks so good. Who was who was his last fight? I can't think of the guy's name. Uh, they call him Fluffy. I think oh, they call Anthony him Hernandez. Called Dave Fluffy Dave Podcast Dave yeah. Fluffy. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And it's not Gabriel Iglesias. Mm. It's uh, Anthony Hernandez. He's from Sacramento. Anthony Hernandez. Yeah, I was gonna say because I think another Hernandez, but that was a uh, man. He just destroyed. Anthony and and Anthony's a good fighter. You know, Anthony's he's tough. Anthony won. Holland went in there and just what's that? Anthony won that fight. No, Holland won in the first round. Oh, you, you're right. Sorry, I read <laughs> I, I read it wrong. Even oh. when even when he's got the <laughs> even when it's sitting in front of right him. Right, right. You're looking at it right now. You know, I, I, I was, Dave, I was, Dave, I'm right. always trying to back you up in these things, and now you're giving ammunition to to Josh that I cannot defend against. Sorry, I blame I blame Google for uh, the, <laughs> I blame Google. The, typical, I blame Google for, Google has Google for using English. T- typical millennial right there, uh, blaming other people for his problems. <laughs> <laughs> typical. <laughs> oh man, it's horrible sometimes to like be face to face and watch this thing just all unfold right in front of me. 
Uh, anyways, same okay. as your CTE. It's uh, horrible it's, sitting watching it on. I know it's hard though. It's hard, isn't it? So what other fights are on there? Um, lightweights: Roosevelt Roberts versus Brooke Weaver. Brock Weaver. Hmm. Good fight. Roosevelt is. I, I think he's got. Is he got one loss now? Nothing. Come on, Dave, pull it up. Let's go, Dave. She, and is it against uh, Vince Pichel? Um, he is nine and one, and he lost to Vince Pichel. No. Hello. Wow. Look at that, man. Look at the big brain on Brad. I know. <laughs> That's right. What are you fit that Ro thing between your ears? <laughs> Roosevelt came out of the Dana White contender series. He's a good athlete. Mm -hmm. and But I think he was used to walking through people. And when he hurts them, they kind of fold and fade away. And when he faced Pichel, Pichel was a guy that I used to help train, trained out of my gym, started from nothing, knew nothing, had no wrestling. No striking, no submission, and he's turned into an outstanding fighter. Just a tough, durable, all-around good fighter. And he just wore you know, Roosevelt down. Roosevelt couldn't get rid of him in the first round, and then Vince just kept putting the pressure, wearing him down. So I think he learned from that fight, going against Brock Weaver. Brock Weaver's tough, grinder, and he's going to have the same type of fight that he had against Pichel. So he better have learned from that loss to Vince Pichel, or he's in trouble against Brock Weaver. Um, you don't know who he is, so no, you're not saying. No, no, I understand. No. <laughs> I, I no, I was actually going to completely just jump to something else. Because <laughs> okay, go ahead, make the jump. No, I want to know what fights you're ex you want to see happen in just period in any promotion, whatever it is. What fights do you want to see happen that you think we should we need to have happen this year? Let's see. I'm, I'll we'll go. I'll, I'll say promotion wise, UFC. I think you. I want what I want to see. Well, I think I want to see what you want to see and what you think needs to happen though for for things to get moving. I mean, obviously in the heavyweight division, you have to have DC and Stipe fight. I'd like to see that fight finally get done with. So we no, can I don't on. have to see that one. I've seen it. I've seen it twice. I think it's just being held up right now. So I think either have it or just move on. I'm fine with it moving on. I'm fine with the moving yeah, on. Yeah. So am I honestly see that because that's one doesn't excite me. I've seen it. Got it. You know, and it's okay if if that's what Stipe wants to do and that's what Daniel wants to do. Great, I'll watch it. You know, no doubt about it. But not one that excites me. I don't. How do you think it doesn't even happen? matter? What's that? Who do you think is going to win the third one? Oh, man, you know, there's so many variables in that. I think DC has all the tools to beat Stipe again. But DC doesn't fight like he used to. Yeah. He is a different fighter. And this is not saying anything bad about him, but he's slowing down a little bit. He's gotten too heavy. Ooh. He's too heavy as a heavyweight. He's carrying too much weight. Can't talk and that way. Carrying, I'm just being <laughs> honest, man. You know, he's carrying so much weight that it's starting to slow him down. He doesn't like to wrestle because he has to work hard yeah. when he wrestles and it starts to wear him out. He's not, he's not been doing that same thing that he did in the past where he was able to make that grind. And so if he fights Stipe in any fashion like he did in the second fight where he utilizes his wrestling in the first round but can't get rid of him, he's in trouble because Stipe knows his weakness now. You know, the, the blueprint is there, and no matter what Daniel does, that body is open, and that body's big. 
Yeah. And there's a lot of target area there. And I don't care who you are. You start taking body shots. It's like punching holes in your gas tank. That, that energy is going to drain out fast. So you've got to figure out how do I keep that from happening? And that's not an easy thing to keep from happening. If someone is good at going to the body, hmm. you know, Mickey Ward made a living in boxing off of going to the body when everyone knew that's exactly what he wanted to do. This doesn't matter. It's hard to stop. And so DC's got a lot to make up in that area. So I look at it. It really depends on how heavy the, the heavier DC comes into the fight, the less chance I think he has of winning. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I think it depends all on his wrestling. That's really what it comes down to. I mean, uh, Yes, you're a homer. I understand, no, but it's okay. This is not homer. I, you <laughs> already is. said. You it's already said he you, has all the tools. It's hard for you to talk against your guy. No. I understand that. It's I, okay. I think I think Stipe's got a very good chance. You know, uh, if DC can get him on his back early and often in the first and second round, I think it starts to favor DC no matter what. Even 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 later on in the fight, if he doesn't take him take him down again in the fourth or fifth round. I think that Stipe will be so tired after one or two rounds of hard wrestling of him being on bottom underneath DC who's 255 right now. It's going to be, it's going to be a little. Holy, you're saying he's 255 right now. I would. He's go ahead. Lie. You're lying, dude. He's you think he's more? I don't think so. I don't yes, think so. I think so. Dude, after seeing him, he's carrying a lot of weight. Let me see. It's and all... if DC goes into that fight, we'll say at weighing in at 255, I'll take Stipe all day long. It's all muscle. <laughs> okay. It's all muscle. There, there is some in there. There's uh, some in there. What other fights? Uh, I would love to see Leon Roberts fight against Edwards. Leon Who's Edwards. Bible? Leon Edwards. Yeah. Leon Edwards. I'm sorry. What did I say? Roberts. Yeah. Um, uh, I would love to see Leon Edwards fight against Usman. I think that's a great matchup. So Just then, because of the way Leon is able to keep fights on the feet and the way Usman is able to control guys with his wrestling, but he still will stand there and bang with people, I just think it'd be a fun fight. Yeah. So. That fight over any other fight in the welterweight division, you would put that fight on? I would put that fight on. I don't know if I'd say over anyone because I want to see George Masvidal and Colby Covington. So that's my that's the fight that I would pay for okay. right now. Okay, so you've got I think that was fun. Leon Edwards versus Usman, which is a great yep. fight. You've got Colby versus um, Masvidal, and then you've yep. got who else was there in that bracket there that we were talking about? Oh, Connor. Connor was at those seventy pound division. But well, you got Connor and Woodley. Yeah. But Woodley's going to be fighting Gilbert, and that's a great fight. But it's yeah. already happened, so I'm not going to call that one out. But I think that's a that's that's a fight. You know, it really is. What round? If you tell me what you know, you say, "Oh, it goes to this round." I'm going to say this is the guy that wins. Ding, ding, ding! I just remember what I wanted to talk to you about. Holy Christ! Took all of ding, that. Ding, ding, ding! Just remembered. <laughs> Eddie Bravo in Tony Ferguson's corner. In the fight, says that he, before walking out to the fifth round, was told, hey, you're going in. And Eddie made it very clear on Joe Rogan's podcast saying, 
I don't, I don't want to be. I don't want to be the head coach. I don't want to be the MMA head coach. I want to be the jiu-jitsu coach, just in the corner when the fight hits the ground. I talk jiu-jitsu. I don't want to be yeah. the person in the cage. I don't want to be that person. He got put in that position because they didn't know where to go after the fourth round or whatever, and they were lost on what was going on. They hadn't seen this happen to him before. So yeah. They me, did him like a dog. Give me your thoughts. They yeah. did him like a dog, man. You can't. And they they not only did Eddie like a dog, they did Tony wrong by doing that. Because you have to be in a position to be prepared. You know, one of the things that, you know, you can take a look, and I think that it happens with guys from AKA. And I'll, I'll point out Bob Cook and Javier Mendez. And you take a look at how they... occurring in the fight you'll get one or the other talking during the fight yeah. same as greg jackson and mike winklejohn mm -hmm. depending if that fight is a stand-up fight you hear you'll hear bob cook saying things at times but you hear javier saying a lot of things as far as what the athlete should do if it's a stand-up fight and it's got jackson and winklejohn greg jackson is doing the cheerleading He's, he's giving the, ooh, that away and doing all these things while Drives Mike me crazy. John, he fucking does I know, that. but but it works. And Winkle John is giving the technical advice for what the fighter needs to do during that round. Same when it gets to the corner. But if it's obviously grappling, you hear Javier Mendez shuts his mouth. Mm -hmm. He doesn't say a freaking word. Bob Cook talks the whole time. Right. Sometimes it, when Dave Camarillo was in the corner, he would talk yeah. during that time. And same thing with Winkle John and Jackson. And that's called coaching that is intertwined. They're on track with each other. They know when this is my time to do my thing. This is his time to do his thing. And that helps the fighter and it helps the corner be in sync and to be functional as the fight's going on, no matter if it's during that break between the round or actually during the round when the fight's going on. And when you take Eddie and you put Eddie in the position, look at Eddie, as far as technical knowledge on the ground, he's phenomenal. Yeah. And he's a phenomenal coach or instructor. Mm -hmm. But he's not the guy who is comfortable in giving fight analysis, in giving fight suggesting techniques to use you know, and I, I heard a lot of people rip on him about, you know, maybe you should break out the Imanari role, you know, and I heard people, you know, kind of bagging on him, you know, that was your advice. And it's like, what else is he going to do at that time? There's nothing there for him. Yeah. Okay. He's watching his fighter and a guy that he, he likes and trains with knowing that, you know what, he's not going to just take this guy down. So he's trying to give a suggestion on what to do that, you know, the Imanari role wasn't even close to being set up right. Because Tony was damaged at that time. He was a different fighter. Yeah. And that's, you know, hats off to Justin. That's what he's supposed to do. And that's what he did. But when you sit there and you push now Eddie into that role in the fifth round, he's walking in there with nothing. Yeah. You know, he, he's going to try to give him something, but it isn't something that he's comfortable doing. He's not comfortable being that head coach. And to be that head coach, if you're the Trevor Whitmans, if you're the guys, you know, that are in there all the time, like Duke Rufus, that no matter what, yeah, and sometimes you'll watch Greg Jackson, he'll be talking, you know, telling his guys something, and it's all been grappling, but then he'll look at, you know, he'll look at Winklejohn, coach, you got anything to say? 
and Winkle John will give them a little bit about the stand-up because it's going to start in the stand-up. That's what a cohesive group of trainers and coaches does. And to push Eddie out in that situation, I understand why Eddie was not comfortable and feeling like I don't belong. He, yeah. he obviously belongs when it comes to talking about grappling. Yeah. He knows he knows the grappling world as good or as well as anybody out there. But to put him in that fight sequence where he's the now the head guy trying to give his guy who's been getting crushed now basically for four rounds, I'm going to give you the advice that's going to save you. Yeah. He doesn't have that ability, and you can't blame him for that. No one does. <clears throat> First thing that came to my mind was Mike Tyson. Is I was thinking <laughs> Mike Tyson Buster, against Buster Douglas. Buster Douglas in Japan. Yeah. His corner had they didn't have an inswell. They didn't have ice. They didn't oh, have Jesus. towel. They they That's barely had they, water. You talk about homers and saying, "Oh, our guy's going to walk through them." Yep. That's why you fight the fight. And so sometimes there's really dumb people involved. You got to remember during that Mike Tyson fight against Buster Douglas, they didn't have an inswell. So what they did was they filled up a rubber a glove. glove with water and just rolled it on his eye. Like that was going to help get the swelling down on his eye. And it was, that's the first thing that came to my mind. And I don't even know hit Tony's corners outside of Eddie. I just know that you need, I think they've gotten so used to someone winning. Cause what was he on a 12 or 13 fight win streak? You've gotten so used to someone winning and him doing it all on his own, his own style probably didn't do a whole lot of listening to his corner throughout. Uh, those fights that he was able to win, me being one of them. And so he, I think when it got to the point where they had never seen him in any like this type of trouble before, they didn't have they didn't have a solution. They had no solution for any of that for anything for him to do. Throwing Eddie in there coming into the fifth, I got gotcha. you. Throwing Eddie in there going into the fifth though, that makes it even more Yeah. Just more chaotic. More, more chaotic. chaotic. More chaos. Yeah. It's all inside there. And I feel not just bad for Eddie. I feel really bad for Tony. Yeah. Because I'm thinking to myself, we've had this conversation several times. If you are not capable of mounting some sort of offense, whether it's on the ground, whether it's in wrestling, whether it's on the feet, you need to start thinking about if we're down four rounds, maybe, you know, three to one or four to one or four, four zero, you got to start thinking as a corner. Let's just stop it. We'll fight another day. Just we're not. It's not our night, man. It really isn't. We're, there's no way this should go yeah. any further. And I know Tony's a guy that will go ahead and bite down on his mouthpiece and get after it. He's already proven that. But I think with the same thing with the Anthony Smith fight, you've got to start corners need to start evaluating what they are doing and how important that person is to you as an athlete and as a friend. I think Eddie, like he had said, never wanted to be put in that position. But Eddie being his friend for so long. Should have started thinking about, hey, let's potentially, let's maybe think about stopping this fight. If it's not going his way, the cuts, the gashes, all those things that he had, just the damage and the clean, hard shots that he was taking in some of those exchanges, I I would have, I think it started getting to the point where you need to have corners that understand like, hey, maybe we should just fight this another time. And I didn't see that from them. And like you said, coming into the fifth round, more chaos. When you start switching corners like that and putting someone in there that has no idea. When when Eddie said, oh, I didn't have my glasses, I said, you don't need to fucking see him. <laughs> like, you just need to talk to him. <laughs> I started cracking up when I heard him say, I don't have my glasses. I started cracking up. I'm like, you're going to the corner. But I understand. And for To defend him with the Iminari role, he said it, per he's like, look, 
had this started off like in the first round, you put me in there in the beginning, I would have said, let's go Iminari, let's maybe try something like that because you're dry. It's easier for me to grab you. It's easier for me to pull you back in. Yeah. We're in that dry, sticky phase, you know, versus in the fifth when you're sweaty and bloody and there's no way I'm getting a hold of you. And if I do, you're just going to slip Never. out. And so it looked very amateurish for him to do that. But the problem, though, was it, he was put into a position that he had, didn't want to. He didn't cho never chose to go to that position. And it was just in the worst moment you could possibly put somebody in there. And he did that to Eddie Bravo. And I felt I felt bad like for Eddie because it puts him in the position where it causes more chaos. But I felt the I felt worse for Tony, given that the corners need to be a little bit more organized and understand like, hey, if things aren't going this way. We we have to communicate better. You know, just for for our fighter safety in general. Period. Yeah, I I totally agree with you and everything that you're saying, and it's one of the things that you hear fighters say. Hey, you know, you know, don't don't say, let let me go out. Let me go out on my shield. <laughs> you did, even if I stopped the fight. Yeah, you did go out on your shield. I let you go out there and give everything that you can give, and there comes a point where yeah. I'm pulling you out before that final sword strike through the middle of your heart goes down. Yeah. But you didn't quit. You're going on it. You gave it everything that you have. If Tony would have been pulled out of that fight earlier, would it have been better for him? Yeah. You know, I'm not saying that I can say that those last shots are going to change his career and he's never going to be the same. I'm not going to say that about Anthony either, but I have seen it. I have seen where a fighter ends up taking so many shots that they are never the same. And it's always good when you have a corner that is in tune with the fact that, hey, we've given it everything we can. I can't ask anything more of my guy, and there's no way he's going to win this fight. You have to be rational and look at things in a logical fashion. And, you know, that's something that hopefully, I think, since these things have been kind of coming out a little bit more, Hopefully more and more corners are starting to look and evaluate where their fighter is during, you know, that fight. You know, sometimes that's sometimes the referee being the guy that comes up and says, hey, man, how, what, what are you seeing? Are you seeing what I'm seeing? And I, I've done it with corners. Like, hey, are you seeing what I'm seeing? I want you to watch your guy. And I, I can tell you, I've done it with guys like Greg Jackson. Mm -hmm. Hey, Greg, watch your fighter. I don't like what I'm seeing. Mm -hmm. and he goes you know i know john like, okay just want to make sure that you're seeing what i'm seeing because it's all about this is competition and you don't want to see someone altered physically for the rest of their life because yeah. we've let them go too far in that competition when they were no longer competitive yep <clears throat> no i agree yeah we had a couple boxers that were here locally and they were, you know, high-level guys fought on Showtime, you know, fought on some other HBO shows and some fights, but top-level boxers. And uh, two of them had taken so much damage fighting, you know, well-known well guys. And one of them ended up losing his eye, and the other one has, like, a lazy eye, you know, just from taking too much damage in specific fights that they shouldn't have. In one fight, you know what I mean? Like, not, it was, I'm sure there was damage from before. But in one fight, it was the cause of, you know, them losing their sight or them, you know, having a lazy eye. And it sucks for it sucks to see that you know, as a corner, you got to take that in responsibility. Yep. So. All right, my man. Well, hey, hey, guys, uh, thank you so much. Appreciate you guys uh, tuning in. Hit YouTube, hit the thumbs up and hit the subscribe button. We appreciate everything. iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, all those things. We're on all the platforms. 
and uh, podcast day, Big John McCarthy. Make sure you guys uh, follow us on Instagram, social media. It's Wayne and Show on IG, and then um, Big Podcast Dave on Instagram. Correct? Podcast one. Podcast one on Twitter. Actually, Twitter. I changed that. I got. I got no, I got rid of the one. There's no one anymore. Thank God. Jeez, well, man. it wasn't available like two months ago or whatever. Well, oh. I like the fact that you were number one. What are you talking about? You just got exactly. rid of it. That was the only thing that signified exactly your placement. Well, I was number one. Now I am the only one. <laughs> the only oh, okay. Excuse me. We're stuck with him. <laughs> uh, all right, guys. Hey, thank you so much. And uh, we'll see you guys next time.